Hi, this is Dave Summers, and welcome to AMA Edgewise. Stephen Westner is founder and CEO of the digital marketing agency Productive ROI and host of Onward Nation, the top-rated daily podcast for business owners. And he's author of a great book, very pertinent for me, I should actually pay very close attention here, called Profitable Podcasting. It's published by Amacom, a division of the American Management Association. Stephen, let's get down and dirty here with the book. How are you today? Well, I'm great, and thank you very much for the invitation to join you. Very kind of you, and looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. Just in general, what are the most common questions that small business owners ask you when they consider starting a podcast to support their business? Well, as you might imagine, they're pretty varied, but they tend to to fall into kind of three buckets. And the first one tends to be, well, gee, Stephen, how much time is this going to take me? And then after time, after we get over the hurdle of time, and I can certainly slice that apart if you'd like me to, but after time, it's, well, you know, how is this going to generate money? Like, how is this going to actually drive revenue into the business? And then the last question tends to kind of revolve around, how am I going to get listeners? And is anybody going to be a guest of mine? What if they all say no? So it tends to be those three main buckets, time, money, and then how am I going to get guests? How do you broach the whole subject of quality? Because as so many other people who are involved in digital media, I consume a ridiculous amount of digital media. And I'll say proportionally, I'm very careful about what I choose. So my rate would be higher than I would say the average citizen in terms of quality, you know. But there's an awful lot of garage, what I'll label garage stuff out there. And I'm not slamming people doing their own stuff. But at what point do you broach the subject of quality and say, you need to pay attention to audio levels? You need to invest in a reasonable microphone. How much of that is important in your checklist? Oh, I I think it's important. But, you know, the tech, thankfully, has really gotten, from cost perspective, has gotten a lot flatter than what it used to be even just a few years ago. So, you know, for example, Onward Nation, my podcast that I'm the host of, we've got listeners in 112 countries, and we've got 23,000 email subscribers, and we've done really, really well. And I set up the quote-unquote studio, Mm -hmm. you know, for our podcast for less than $150. Mm -hmm. So you can buy a great microphone off of Amazon. The ATR2100 is great right out of the box. It's Mm -hmm. about 70 bucks. Mm -hmm. You get some pop filters and and so forth. I I don't have a mixer. I, I don't have any fancy system. Now, we do have three people on my team who edit audio and they're experts at making some of my stuff that probably doesn't sound great, making it sound really good because they understand Adobe Audition and and so forth. But I think that today's small business owner can get started and really produce a a good podcast in the hundreds of dollars, Mm -hmm. whereas a few years ago, it may have been thousands of dollars. Exactly. And how do you answer that question you're hit with, with the money question, which is, so where does the revenue come from when my podcast is free? Okay, when is the money going to start rolling in and how? Yeah, and, and I think that that starts really at the onset before you start mapping out like questions and format of the show and who you're going to have as guests. You know, the biz dev strategy that we walk, you know, small business owners through, and, and you mentioned in the book, and it's outlined in Profitable Podcasting step by step, it's is there an opportunity? And most often the answer is yes. 
in order to use your show or, or convert your show into what I like to call the Trojan horse of sales, meaning that let's sit down as the business owner and make a list of these are my dream 50 prospects. These are the people who I would love to do business with, but currently I'm not doing business with because maybe they don't know me. Maybe they haven't heard of me. Maybe they're doing work with a competitor of mine and just haven't given me a chance yet. So we make a dream 50 list of prospects. And then those prospects, that dream 50 list, they become the guest list for the show. And so then we write biz dev questions. The interview questions become biz dev questions. And so then the podcast really becomes the door opening into that business. So then the business owner as the host is able to have a great conversation with the guest. It feels like an awesome conversation, great content passed on to the audience. The guest is very delighted to have had that experience. We warm that person up on social media afterwards. And then two to three weeks later, you know, the host loops back to the guest and says, hey, thanks again for being on the show. It was awesome. And I was just re-listening to it. And gosh, you said X. And you know what? That made me think about Y. And we happen to do Y really, really well here. And is there a day or time next week that we could talk about that? Hmm. The guest is delighted because of the experience that he or she just had on the show and says, sure, be happy to chat with you about it. And so that's how the podcast can not only expand somebody's network, their nation of true fans, as I like to say, but at the same point, grassroots, in the trenches, biz dev, and most people are not paying attention to that. Where do podcasts need to show up? What mediums, what places does a podcast need to show up? Great question. And, and really, just about anywhere that is a distribution point for audio. So we tend to use Libsyn as the hub, if you will, as most podcasters do. But then we're getting that out through distribution points like iTunes and Stitcher and iHeartRadio and Google Play. Spotify is playing an even larger role in that. And and I think that as you know, Ford and some of the other auto manufacturers roll out with the podcast app kind of native in their nav and entertainment system, that's going to increase distribution too. Then we tend to build websites for each of the shows. So there's kind of like a digital headquarters, if you will, or bolt that onto a small business owner's existing website. So any place like that, as far as digital, and then being able to take audio snippets, putting those into Facebook mm -hmm. or LinkedIn, Twitter. So there's all kinds of different distribution points, but the main platforms tend to be where you see most of the distribution. People make a big deal about appearing on lists of rankings for major distribution point like iTunes or SoundCloud or something like that. How can a person who's got a podcast out there improve their rankings? There's a very, very specific recipe, and I, and I think we've done a pretty good job of articulating it in detail in, in profitable podcasting. But just a few highlights would be ratings and reviews really matter. And asking your, in fact, we just sent out an email to our list of subscribers again this morning, and we do that every 60 days. And then once somebody writes a review, we take them out of that piece of the list so we don't keep hounding the same people who have already <laughs> given us a rating and review, asking for that same thing over and over again. But really getting in there with your subscribers, with your email list, with your social media following, and asking for ratings and reviews and saying, gosh, if you like the show, it would really mean a lot to me if you gave us a rating review on iTunes. Mm -hmm. Ratings and reviews subscribers, you know, asking for people to subscribe, rate, and review, and then also paying attention to your actual description because there's close to 600 million subscribers, iTunes subscribers, and they're searching for content like yours every single day. 
And so having a detailed description, a narrative around what your show covers is really important so that you can also pick up the organic search too. And are there any common hurdles or sticking points or watch out points that people need to be aware of or failure points where it seems like somebody's got a good head of steam and they hit this wall or something? Well, you know, if somebody's already got some momentum, they're probably past, Mm -hmm. you know, the biggest hurdle. And it's been my experience that the biggest hurdle is just getting started. Mm -hmm. And that tends to revolve around fear and the imposters. (laughs) Like, you know, well, gee, Stephen, I mean, what if nobody listens? Or what if I'm not going to be able to get any guests? Mm-hmm. Or what if I sound silly? Or, you know, just the litany of excuses to keep somebody from doing it, right? People, what if people make fun of me? What if competitors poke fun of me? Or what if I get haters on social media because they don't like me? I mean, the list can go on and on. And some of it might be valid, but a lot of it is just made up. But the biggest hurdles to getting started have to do with fear or the imposter syndrome. And most of it is all made up. And the reality is, is that if small business owners would just sit down and think about the amazing, awesome, wonderful, beautiful things that they do every single day and just realize that this is another way for them to champion and share that message with a larger, broader audience so that more people love them for the goodness that they're adding to the world It would be a complete game changer for them as opposed to living in fear. So the biggest, most common hurdle to getting started is nothing more complicated than fear. I've actually heard that term imposter syndrome a couple of times. What's the Stephen Westner definition of imposter syndrome? It goes back to some research that was done in the 70s, and it's essentially doesn't matter how deep expertise that you have in a particular topic you believe that the people who think that you are an expert, that somehow they're mistaken, that you actually don't have the expertise that you do have, when the reality is that you do, that you think you're just kind of like faking out the rest of the world, and today is the day that people are going to find out that you're nothing but a charlatan, which is the furthest thing from the truth. In fact, I've spent a lot of time with Darren Hardy, former publisher of Success Magazine, and He was on my board of advisors here at Predictive ROI for about 12 months. And, you know, some of the stories that he shared with me was that one of his friends is a CEO of about a $2 billion a year company and had been a great CEO at this firm for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. And every day this man would get up, you know, walk into the bathroom, look at himself in the mirror and say, today is the day they're going to find out I don't know what I'm doing. And the reality is is that most small business owners and every single person on this planet has been affected to some degree by the imposter syndrome, where we feel like we're not truly worthy of the gifts that we have been given. And the reality is, is that we are. It's just we need to step into that light and actually accept the responsibility that we do have and be able to apply those gifts that we've been blessed with. But most people struggle with that. And so when we think about podcasting, being out in a public realm, and you do this every single day, so it's, it's like second nature to you. Most of all business owners haven't done that, right? Yeah. And so getting out there in the public open for criticism It's scary for most people, but once they get past it, they build momentum. And what does the future look like? Can you give me like a five-year horizon here on what podcasting is shaping up to be in the next five years? Of course, I'm biased, right, because I have a book on it. So... But I am, of course, very bullish on it. I I would love to be able to be some sort of Nostradamus and prognosticator. But I will say that every single trend that we see from Edison and Triton and so forth 
continues to show a small, steady tick every single month that podcast listenership continues to grow. And really, we're at the tip of the spear, the infancy of it, which is interesting because as a technology, as a platform, podcasting has been around for 10, 15 years. It's not new, even though it's very hot right now. So I'm bullish because it's at the tip of the spear. It's very hot. The penetration is still relatively low compared to TV, radio, satellite radio, and other more traditional platforms. But I think that once curation becomes better, like iTunes is not great for like really curating, like being able to go in there and try to find the best business podcast. Mm -hmm. It's not great. Once curation gets better, once analytics, like business analytics, like Google Analytics did for the web, once somebody actually comes out with a platform for analytics, once that is out, I think it's going to be infinitely more popular than it is today. And we're continuing to see increases in distribution, like I mentioned before, with not just phone, but then also within cars and, and who knows where that's going to go from just kind of a platform perspective. So all that is to say is I think long-form audio and long-form storytelling through audio is, I don't want to say the sky's the limit, that sounds too hyperbolic, but I think there is huge upside potential because we're only at about a 17 to 18% saturation rate right now. We've been speaking to Stephen Wessner. He's the author of Profitable Podcasting, which is published by Amicom, a division of the American Management Association. Stephen, this stuff is close to my heart. It's been great talking to you about it. Likewise, and thanks again for the invitation. Very kind of you. It's just a, a delight and a pleasure and an honor to be with you. For women who are in the midst of advancing their management careers, AMA has a great resource. The Women's Leadership Center offers insightful articles, how-to webcasts, and helpful advice for guiding your leadership journey. Join for free when you visit us at amanet.org forward slash WLC. If you found value in this program, or if you have any comments and questions you'd like to loop back with us on, we can be reached at a phone number, 212-903-8090, or by email at edgewise at aminet.org. That's edgewise at amanet.org.